Recorded live. And welcome to episode 288 of the Michigan Sports Street Postgame Edition on TalkShoe. I'm Taylor Phillips along with Lewis Tenor. How are we doing tonight, Lewis? All right, just putting in some last minute items in and ready to go. All right. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Like the Michigan Sports Street Facebook page and join its Facebook group, Tigers and Ian. Oh no, Tigers! Yeah, the yeah the Tigers split the double header. Uh, Tigers split the doubleheader with the Indians. Yep, Tigers win game one, seven to four. The Indians win game one, game one, game one, uh, game two, four to one. The Indians win. The Tigers Tigers win game one, seven to four. Indians win game two, four to one. Facebook notifications is exactly what I don't have time for at this moment. Anyway, the Indian strike first on a Jason Kitness sacrifice fly. J.D. Martinez ties it up with a home run. Miguel Cabrera falls with a home run as well. both in the bottom of the third. There was no score until the third inning on that on that kidness sack fly. It was 2-1 Tigers, and then Jose Iglesias made it 4-1 with a two-run double in the bottom of the fourth inning, scoring Victor Martinez and Mikey Matuk. Then the top of the seventh, Alibal Sanchez gave up a, an RBI single to Lanny Chisenhall, making it 4-2 Tigers. Brad Osmus inserted Daniel Stump, and Stump gave up a two-run home run to Carlos Santana to tie it up at four. All those, the run being charged with only one one base runner charged to Alibal Sanchez. Stump is charged with with the one with the one run on the home run that for the home run that he gave up. Daniel Stump, by the way, pitched only a third of an inning. Nick Castellanos put the Tigers back in the lead with an RBI triple scoring JD in the bottom half of the seventh inning. Then Mikey Matuk drove him up, drove him home with a single to left, making it 6-4 Tigers. And I put a put little icing on the cake, James McCann with an RBI single, scoring Victor Martinez. Uh, Mikey Matuk, two for four in game one in game one today. In game one game one 
two for four in game one today. Two for four in game one today. Um, Anibal finished three three runs on four hits and six and a third. One walk, five strikeouts, a 634 ERA. Shane Green got the win and proved it proved two and two. Bruce Rondon only gave up one hit in the, the eighth inning. And then Justin Wilson pitched a one through three ninth inning. No walks, no hits, no nothing. Two strikeouts. And then it was the Indians' turn to win. Four to one in, in game two. Mikey Mott took open the scoring for the Tigers. The Nari single scoring Nick Castellanos in the bottom of the second. Zimmerman would pinch a gem until the top of the sixth inning when he gave up all, all four of those runs. An RBI ground up by Mike Brantley, Michael Brantley, Edwin Encarnacion with an RBI single, and Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, with a two-run home run to ice it. Zimmerman takes a loss and drops to five and six. Four and runs on five hits in five and two-thirds innings. One walk. Five strikeouts, a home run. CRA is now 558. Daniel Stump pitched another third of an inning and gave up a, gave up a walk. All those... Yeah, the sixth inning. Yeah, I said that already. Stump actually finished an inning. Only having only having to get one out. Still gave up a base runner. He still allowed a base runner though. Daniel Stump may not be good, but this is that's why he needs to develop more back in Toledo. So the rest of the box score is yours to look at. Tigers now at 36 and 44, still in fourth place in the American League Central Division. Seven games back of the Cleveland Indians, the first place Indians. The Royals and Twins are two and a half back. Um, Indians are 43 and 37. The Royals and Twins are 40 and 39, and the White Sox are 35 and 45, eight games back.
Twins leading the Royals right now, 7-5 to five at Kauffman Stadium at the top of the seventh. Bases empty and one out. McCarthy is the pitcher. And Edwin Escobar, Eduardo Escobar, actually. At the, at the dish. White Sox lost to the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, 10-4. to Twins and Royals had a doubleheader as well. The Royals beat the Twins in game one of that doubleheader, 11-6. Game two... Game two going on right now, NKC. That is the AL Central watch. And and that's baseball for now. Tigers had Tigers and Indians had game game one game one game one of that four game series rained out and rescheduled for September first. Not until September first. It's July first now, but it's going to be two months from now until that game is. And that until that made up game is played. But as far as the rest of the four-game series goes, tomorrow at 110 will feature Mike uh, Mike Clevenger and Justin Verlander. Verlander with a 5-4 and four record and a 4.47 ERA. Mike Clevenger, 3-3, three and 3.56 three, three, three ERA. And a 119 whip. Now let's move on to some free agency sports talk here. The Red Wings have signed defenseman Trevor Daly to a three-year, $9.5 million contract. Then we'll get to to the Pistons signing Langston Galloway. Afterwards, but um, Trevor Daly at age 33, yeah, he's a 33-year-old defenseman right now, had 19 points, five goals and 14 assists in 56 games with the with the now back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. 
five points, one goal, and four assists in 21 Stanley in 21 21 Stanley Cup playoff games to help the Pens win their second straight title. Stanley Cup title. That is. Now, um, Greg Krupa of the Detroit News was reporting that um, Daly had arthroscopic knee surgery in February, but still, he... Still, his numbers weren't weren't good enough. He played 56 games, 56 of the 82 games. Total in that regular in that past regular season. I'm not I'm not so sure. What the real analysis on on Trevor Daly? Krupa says he's sound defensively and can move the puck. Okay. Okay, like like whatever, man. Is that is that is that how they scout the? Uh, is that how a is that how a beat writer is supposed to scout each individual player? That's totally awful. That's totally awful analysis by Greg Krupa. He 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 definitely needs to retire. I, I, I got it. I got to make a comment here. Yeah, this is what I commented. But he is, quote, but he is sound defensively and can move the puck. Oh, please. What the hell kind of analysis is that? Oh, wait. Typical Greg Krupa. Retire now, please.
the main the main flaw is Trevor the signing of Trevor Daly just keeps it's just another example of another veteran player that just boxes out the younger guys and not giving them any shot whatsoever in the NHL. That's typical Ken Holland right there. Ken Holland never gives the younger guys a shot at the NHL anymore. Well, almost never, but mostly not. It just keeps he just keeps boxing those young guys out with veteran signings just that's such as Steve Ott, Franz Nielsen, Thomas Vanek, now Trevor Daly, which is actually a defenseman. Thirty three years old, not quite too not quite that not quite that over the hill, to be honest with you, but he didn't produce. Even even if he had arthroscopic surgery in February. That that's an excuse. That's one bad thing to know to analyze in terms of B writing media. It's another thing to publish horrible analysis like but he is sound defensively and can move the puck. Get the fuck out of here. As elementary as both tasks seem, the fact is other than Green's and Green's improved offensive play last season, the Red Wings are hard pressure to marshal either essential duty consistently, and that's the first thing that Kaiser can be happy about today. Daly removes pressure from the still developing to Kaiser's shoulders that never should have been placed there. Should have, that never should have been placed there. Demonstrably, a regular top four defenseman in the waiting entering last season, to Kaiser suddenly found himself effectively cast as November as number one. Okay. At times he played as if he as if he slid to the third pairing or worse. Daly may well may well help ease the but the burden. Daly may Daly may well help ease the burden, but at what cost? And then, then there's the cost-benefit considerations. A rental to shore up the blue line for a season with more roster flexibility at the end of the season would have been more ideal given the Red Wings' circumstances. But with a collective bargaining agreement, free agency, and the current approach of NHL clubs, it is true that nearly every player eligible for unrestricted free agency and even some and even some and even some restricted free agents are too highly paid for too long. That's one good point right there. The Red Wings were unlikely to get daily at all for less than their deal, and if the Bruins or another club had, and if the Bruins and if the Bruins or another club had offered three point five million or three point seven five million, 
million, which some considered the market for for strong skating Toronto native for the strong skating Toronto native. They probably would have lost him. There is some chance, however, the Red Wings would have been better off, and there is no comment on Daly or the deal. That's that's another lazy comment. Daly is a reliable top four defender on most nights. He's likely to help increase the offensively challenge the wing shots on goal on goals. No, he's not. Last year, five goals, 14 assists. In 56 games, it's still almost as many as 82 games, if you do the math. Lewis, I don't agree with that signing. Not at all. It's like, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, what's wrong with this article that Greg Krupa is even publishing in the first place? Is Krupa that reliable? Greg Krupa is the one of the one of the Red Wing beat writers for the Detroit News. Mm. I don't think I take his word for it. Yeah, I can't. I can't take his word. I can't take his word for it either. He's likely to improve the power play too. Uh, no, perhaps with Daly and Green on separate units. Nick Jensen paired with one in a rotation in the fourth slot until somewhat until someone takes it. But given the only dependable game the franchise has, draft and develop, Daly's arrival leaves less. Ice time for a young defenseman from Grand Rapids to gamer to garner time on ice in the NHL. That would be Nick Jensen. Jensen demonstrated the difference that can make last season. But given the um, read that already. After a few seasons with someone mixed reviews in Grand Rapids, he came up for the Red Wings as Mike Babcock used to say, quote, grabbed his piece of it, unquote. Xavier Olette needs more playing time. Ryan Sproles, set back again by injury, needs more playing t- needs more playing time. Both are good points. Joe Hicketts, Robbie Russo, Philly Sarajarvi, and Dan Renouf are all guys whose development is at the point of re- requiring NHL playing time. Another good point. But passing on daily would have meant going into the season with defensive core from la- corpse from last season, minus Brendan Smith. Trying to make the playoffs or not, maybe it was the new building too. The sense of the senses the Red Wings found that prospect distasteful. A prospect distasteful. How is it just distasteful? That doesn't make any sense. Drafting better, accelerating development. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Michael Rasmussen. I got it. Yeah. Drafting better, accelerating development, and maintaining the culture are the strategic triad now. But development occurs in many ways. 
with the wings, while the wings should find more playing time for prospects, it also would be good to get Andreas Athanasiu, Dylan Larkin, and Anthony Mantha at least a round of NHL playoff experience in 2018. Um, hello, Greg Krupa. Are you falling behind here? Andreas Athanasiu, Dylan Larkin, and Anthony Mantha are already on the Red Wings roster. They're they're gaining they're already gaining some experience. And we expect them to stay in the NHL for at least a for at least one full season. Duh, they're they're definitely staying in the they're definitely all staying in the NHL. Aren't they? Come on. For all their ex- for all their exertions and early frustrations learning what is required playing in the NHL, the coming season for the three potential stars will be all the more worthwhile developmentally if they can skate in the playoffs. That alone is not sufficient for the Red Wings to have made the deal for Daly, but at the considerations of but at the consideration of wanting to return quickly to the playoffs and the daily move makes sense to them, well then what of Luke Witkowski, what if Luke Witkowski signed a two-year deal for a hundred, for a million and a half? Let me. Uh, I'm going I'm to read the rest of the article and then I'll get to the get to the Pistons news here. Pistons Langston signing and then. I'll hand it, and finally I'll hand it to Lewis and, and simultaneously critique the spelling of this article. Luke Witkowski, a defenseman with some experience at right wing, who, who demonstrated reliability and aggression in an injury pinch with the Lightning last season. Witkowski is also likely to get some ice time that could have gone to a prospect. But with Steve Ott now coaching for the Blues and Brendan Smith having signed with the Rangers for four years at $4.73 million each, the Red Wings need an aggressor. One of my favorite... I don't care about your favorite memories. About Brendan Smith. Then number one, he's one of the guys that the Red Wings never want to cup with. Period. That's the main thing. With that... With that, uh, with that, the C.U. Larkin and Mantha clearly the target of, of an opponent's agitators, and regardless of the respected willingness of each of the three players to more than account for themselves, a guy like Witkowski could come in handy. He's, Greg Krupa is now bashing, is now disregarding and bashing Athens, you, Larkin, and Mantha. That guy needs to, to piss off. And that may, may make the Kaiser even happier. What the fuck ever, you piece of shit. After a season made brutal in part by his accelerated role and the lack of support it might be nice to have another buddy in town. Buddy? Uh, another buddy in town? Greg Krupa's trying to be too cute. 
and he's being too lazy to have them to see Larkin and Mantha. All, all things considered in this article, on the plane, maybe on the, even on the ice. Oh, please. Oh, get the... F- now you're just making me puke. Witkowski played with the Kaiser at Western Michigan for three years. Oh, okay. They were roommates. They were roommates for one. Fine. Whatever. The Kaiser can settle in a bit and re- at least return and at least return to form with the addition of with the addition with the addition of Daly. The blue line is more solid today. All because it's just the chemistry, right? Well, maybe defensively, but offensively, not so much. There it is, folks, the middle path toward rebuilding the Red Wings. Feeling a little queasy? I know what you mean. Right now, management has tilted as Tiller's set towards the playoffs and rebuilding. Meanwhile, enjoy the new building. No, I'm not going to. No, I'm never going to go there. I hope they miss the playoffs. The Wings choose the middle path. Die. Cooper's full of shit. The daily signing isn't isn't good enough anyway. And I and the and the Red Wings roster is pretty much full now. Since they're stuck with all those players those long-term contract players like Jonathan Erickson, Justin Applicator, Daniel Kaiser, Darren Helm, Nicholas Cronwall. Rashawn Thayer pointed out several times that Nicholas Cronwall is probably going to end up or should end up on the long-term injured reserve just to fit Trevor, just to fit Trevor Daly in. So um, that's the that's the Red Wings signing. They they also re-signed Thomas McCollum. The Red Wings have traded a conditional draft pick to the Calgary Flames for goaltender Thomas McCollum. So he's going to rejoin the Grand Rapids Griffins, I assume. With Peter Morazic, at least staying with the Red Wings with Jimmy Howard, at least for now. So welcome back, Thomas. Welcome back. So welcome back, Thomas McCollum. So 
That's Red Wings hockey for tonight. Pistons sign point guard Langston Galloway to a three-year, $21 million contract, according to Scott Polisek of Bleacher Report. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, he is he's in his only his fourth season in the NBA. He went undrafted out of St. Joseph's University, but found his footing down the stretch of the 2014-2015 season with the New York Knicks, and averaged 11.8 points and 4.2 rebounds in 32.4 minutes in 32.4 minutes per game in 45 contests. Those numbers are still career highs, as he has seen minutes decline every season since. Tell you what, the Knicks may 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 have been mistreating him. He signed on the New Orleans Pelicans before the 2016-17 campaign. After the Knicks rescinded his qualifying offer and scored eight eight point six points a night in 55 games, the Pelicans then traded him as a part of the package that brought Demarcus Cousins to New Orleans from the Sacramento Kings after the All Star break. Galloway played played just 19 games. Galloway just Galloway played just 19 games with the Kings and posted six points a night as a rotation player for the struggling franchise. While the number while the number while the numbers don't jump off the page, Galloway is only 25 years old and can stretch the floor with his shooting. He flashed moments of brilliance from deep at 45 at 47.5% from three-point range in those contests with the with the Kings and the, and is also an athletic option on the defensive side who can stay in front of the, in front of ball handlers. Opponents shot 2.5% worse than their normal averages than their routine than their normal averages, but usual averages when Galloway guarded them in 2016-17 per nba.com. Between his defense and his shooting, Galloway still has a bright future as a rotational piece as as a rotational piece as a rotational piece for his new team, the Pistons. So that's that's the news and analysis on the Pistons Langston Galloway signing. So what we learn here is Langston Galloway can shoot can hit threes, 47.5%. That's pretty damn high with the Sacramento Kings. He's caught on fire from three last season. And he can play defense. Athletic, he says here it's also an athletic option on the defensive side. Who can stay in front of ball ball handlers? That that's one thing. That, that's another thing we need on this Pistons team: defense. Maybe he can come up with with shot blocks, steals, shot blocks from mid range or three point range. N- not quite. 
not necessarily in the post. He's not a center, but but he's a point guard who can play defense from outside range somewhere. So that signing I like. I'm gonna to, to use a little skepticism. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a B plus. This is all the analysis I've gathered. Because uh, Langston Galloway is still young, but but lately he's caught on fire with his three point shooting last season. Before that, with the Knicks, um, the, with the Knicks and with the Pelicans individually, he didn't he didn't do too well offensively in terms of points per game. So, uh, so uh, he was. He was uh, a better three-point shooter for the Sacramento Kings as of late. He can, he can at least hopefully prove it for our Detroit Pistons. So that's that's pretty much it for Michigan sports material. That's Pistons in the NBA. Now it's time for Louis Tenor's National Sports Report. Louis, take it away. You got it. All right, starting at the top of the page. Um, the Yankees, okay, uh, early today, the Astros hold off the Yankees 7-6. Diaz got the win. Benedict's got the loss, and Giles got the save, and I am sickened by it. And by the 8th, the Twins are in the Royals now 7-5, with two out and nobody on. Rodgers is batting and uh, pitching, and Solar, or Solar, is at bat. Bottom of the 5th now is the Mariners, uh, uh, Angels of the Mariners, 2 nothing. Uh, no one on, no one out. Dyson is batting, and uh, we don't see anything else but the pitcher. Uh, that might come later. Oh, by the way, the Twins, Roger, t- Twins Royal score is in game two, just to let you know. The Dodgers are leading the Padres now 4 nothing in the top of the fifth. Two out, and they'll be on. Overton is pitching, and Forsyth, is batting. Top of the sixth, Diamondbacks are leading the Rockies three to nothing. Two out, nobody on. Renegade is pitching and Blackman is batting. Eh, Zacky boy. Red Sox beat the Blue Jays seven to one. Sale got the win. Loreno got the loss. And by the way, today is Canada Day, so happy first of July to you up to our neighbors of the north. Or as I like to call it, your version of Fourth of July. In game one, Tigers beat the Indians 7-4. Green got the win, Shaw got the loss, and Wilson got the save. The Rangers of the White Sox story today, 10-4. Hamels got the win, and Holland got the loss. Royals over the 
Twins 11-6 in Game 1. Miner got the win, and Duffy got the loss. Twins over the Orioles 10-3. Oh, Desiree got the win, and Bundy got the loss. I wonder if his name was Al. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Braves as the Athletics 4-3. Freeman got the win. Castellia got the loss, and Johnson got the save. In 11 innings, the Pir- the Giants beat the Padre- Pirates 2-1. to Ostich got the win. Hudson got the loss, and Dyson got the save. Brewers doubled up on the Marlins 8-4. Davies got the win. Kohler, Collier got the loss. Reds uh, beat the Cubs today 5-3. Stevens got the win. Butler got the loss, and Iglesias got the save. Mets as the Phillies 7-6, not surprised. Samus got the win. Uh, Nestic got the loss, and Reed got the save. Indians beat the Tigers uh, 4-1 in Game 2. Carcero got the win. Zimmerman got the loss, and Miller got the save. And finally, the Cardinals edged the Nationals 2-1. Waka got the save. Gonzalez got the loss, and and Bowman, Bowman got the save. All right, so let's go to the standings here. And away it goes. If, okay, there we go. Leading in the American League East, yeah, the Red Sox are ahead now, 46-35. and 35, Have a two-game lead over the Yankees, 43-36. and 36, I'm going to throw up. Rays are 43-44 and 44 back. Orioles, 39-41, six and a half back. And the Blue Jays are eight and a half back at 37-43. and 43. In the Central, Indians are 43-37. and 37. Wins are 40 and 39, two and a half back, as well as the Royals. Tigers are 40, 36 and 44, seven back, and the White Sox are eight back at 35 and 45. In the West, need I say more? The Astros are pulling away as usual at 55 and 27, have a whopping 14 game lead over the Angels at 42 and 42. Mariners are 40 and 41, 14 and a half back as well as the Rangers, and the Athletics are 35-46, and 19-and-a-half back, as Houston is going to run away with this division. In the National League, Nationals are 47-34, have a 7-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta at 39-41. Mets are 38-42 at 8-and-a-half back. Miami is... 35 and 44, 11 back, and at 20 back are Philadelphia at 26 and 53. Central, Brewers are 44 and 39, have a three-game lead over Chicago at 40 and 41. Cardinals are Cardinals are 39 and 41, three and a half back. Pirates, 37 and 44, six back, and the Reds are. Seven and a half back at 36 and 45. In the wild, wild west, the the Dodgers are 54 and 20, have a three and a half game lead over the D backs at 50 and 31. Rockies are 48 and 34, six back. 
And bringing up the rear are the Padres at 33 and 47, 20 back, and the Giants are 22 and a half back at 32 and 51. Oof. Man, that is ugly. Okay, I have some um, MLS scores here. Uh, most are final except for one. I'll do the um, score here first. LA is leading. Second here, LA is leading. I believe it's San Jose two two to one. Okay, yes, San Jose. My page is a little bit, you know. All right. So continuing on, Montreal uh, went over DC two to nothing. Salt Lake and Portland ended in a one-one draw. Dallas uh, beat up beat Toronto three to one. Chicago over Vancouver four to nothing. Atlanta over Columbus two nothing, and Colorado over Houston three to one. And if nobody minds, I will do some MLS standings. Just let me get over here to the. Right, it's going to take a minute to load up, folks, because it's a little bit more. You know, while we wait for that, I'll just go to some other headlines here. Okay. I'll scroll down here because we've also got a lot to do. Uh, for those of you boxing fans out there, uh, getting underway just about uh, now or in the middle of the bout, say, Manny Pac-Man Pacquiao is fighting Trevor Horn in a bout in Australia that is being uh, covered on ESPN as we speak. Andre Iguodala is asking for $45 million over a three-year deal for the Golden State Warriors. Astros pitcher David Paulino gets an 80-game suspension for use of PED, a substance known as Bold, bold Nut. That sounds very familiar. I think I've heard of that one before. Bold one. That sounds very. That sounds very very familiar. All right. So continuing on here. Um, Paul George um, headed to the Thunder. Pacers acquire Victor Abadalo and Dantemis. The bonus, ending the guesswork that surrounded the NBA for the past week or so. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, Reds played the Cubs last night five nothing. Mets over Phillies two to one. Wizards to offer John Wall the maximum deal, which is 173 million over five years, and the Rays are over the Orioles five to four last night. The Sox won today seven to one. We already know that. Okay, New York Rangers uh, signed defenseman Kevin Shattenkirk uh, on a four-year deal worth $26.6 million with a salary cap hit of $6.65 million. Uh, continuing. I want that just to give me a second here. All right, there we go. Just a second here, because I have more. I think I have more information on that. If I don't, if I don't, I'll come. I'll come back to that later. 
Okay. Um, last night scores the White Sox as the Rangers eight to seven and their losing streak at eight. Um Rocking in the Lynch with a 6-3 win over the D-backs. Braves over Oakland 3-1. Mariners over Angels 10-0. Dodgers over the Pirates 10-4. And Minnesota over Phoenix in WNBA action 91-83. Drew Holiday signs a five-year, $125 million deal with the Pelicans. Incentives, though, could push that to $150 million and does include a fifth-year option. And according to sources of the NBA, Blake Griffin isn't going anywhere. Um, as far as we know, he is staying with the Clippers for a 100 five-year deal with 173 million. However, Griffin did not receive a no-trade clause. Griffin was sent to meet with the Suns and Nuggets tomorrow. Now we can throw that out the window. Timberwolves signed point guard Jeff Hagee to a three-year deal with $57 million and a third-year option, a player option. This came at 12.01 a.m. as Justice free agency began and hours after sending Rick Rubio to the Wolves. Uh, left winger Patrick Sharp returns to the Blackhawks after spending two seasons with Dallas as, as a free a free agent, uh, no details on how much the contract extension, the contract was released. So, mum's the word on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, last night, Red Sox over the Blue Jays seven to four in eleven innings. Orlando over Salt Lake one nothing in MLS. Brewers over the Marlins three to two. Yankees pound the Astros thirteen to four. Brewers over Marlins three to one. Royals over Twins eight to one. Giants over Phillies thirteen to five. In WNBA, LA over Atlanta eighty five seventy seventy six. Bulls uh, wave point guard Rajon Rondo after one season, but was still paid three million by the team. Um, was to move to uh, make clear for roster space and more time more time on the court for younger point guards, such as Jeremy Grant, Chris Dunn, and Cameron Payne. So Rubio has... So Rubio is now going to go to the Jazz for a top 20... for a top 2018 draft selection. Former Broncos and Packers tight end Mitch Henry passes away at the age of 24 after having a bout with leukemia. I'm sorry to say. Um, he was released by the Ravens practice squad this no- past November and began to experience pain in his right shoulder, which turned to be something worse. Uh, then they found a mass in his a mass in his chest and was taken to the hospital and was to begin and began chemotherapy, but unfortunately had passed away, I believe, on Thursday night. What a shame. It's a, it's a tremendous loss for the NFL. All right. Um, Venus Williams will be allowed to play in Wimbledon despite a lawsuit filed against her from a fatal car crash killing a passenger. Uh, former Cavaliers general manager David Griffin is in talks with the Knicks for team president. Oh, boy. 
This will be fun. As voided by Phil Jackson. As not expected to ask Toronto Raptors President Massey Yuri, Yuri as president of the Raptors for anything. Angles center fielder Mike Trout, who has surgery on his left thumb, was in bad practice yesterday. The injury took place on May 29th after he slid headfirst into second base. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not careful, that can hurt you. Oof. Um, there were reports yesterday that John Perry was interested in the Knicks' job as president, but he yesterday he had declined that mm-hmm. comment, saying that it is nothing more than a rumor, and that has now been put to rest. So, as I said to my uh, cohorts yesterday on on another um, another show, I put it in three simple words: not gonna happen. Somehow I don't see how that fits. Every time they get a college coach, you know, they just seem to like, ugh. Ball by the wayside right there. Okay, on June 29th of... Okay, Houston was over... Uh, it said that Venus was at fault in the crash that killed the death of a passenger in another vehicle, according to the police report. Her SUV, driven by Venus, uh, went into the intersection near her home in Palm Beach Gardens. The other driver said she could not stop in time and hit Williams' car. Venus told police she was trying to make through the intersection before the light changed, but traffic was slowed and left exposed. No charges were filed at that point, but that has now been changed. Man, this was ugly. Braves pitcher Bartolo Colon gets shipped to the minors, uh, came back from the DL. Colon came back from a, from the DL with a strain oblique and started the season 208 and had a 8.04 ERA. Not good. Blue Jackets by the last two years of contract of Scott Hartnell's contract. Uh-huh. Okay, now I'm going to go to the MLS standings if it's ready. And, all right, there we go. All right, now let's, now let's try this again, folks. If my page, if my page cooperates. Or I'll just do some more baseball. I can. All right. Okay. Standings. Uh... Oh, I got, I got to go to more. That's right. More. Or I can just go back to more. Yeah, I'll do some more baseball scores while I wait for. Because uh... we have. We do have more here. And you guys think that your page can get close on time. So, oh, boy. All right. So now we're going to the top of the ninth here with the wins leading the Royals 8-5. A runner's on third with two out. Hurricanes pitching and, Rosa, and 
Angels earlier was a bat. You might want to stick to this one, folks. Going in the top of the seventh, the Angels lead the Mariners two to nothing. Maven, Calhoun, and Pujols are due up. I think I'd watch out for this one if I were you. Dodgers still lead the Padres four to nothing with uh, one out and nobody on. Uh, Jalen is pitching, and Hill is at bat. Ooh, Yankees closer Andreas Chapman is being asked to get a to get a foul ball saved because Devlin Bevis is leading the game in the eighth, in the eighth with two outs and two men on. He has been charged with. Two runs already, including an Evan Gantis homer. That was earlier in the game. It was to no avail, as they still still beat the Yankees anyway. All right, continuing on. Continuing on here. um, I guess that's all they have here with, with these. Oh, top of the ninth, it's Twins. Now in rows eight to five. Okay. Dodgers still lead the Padres four to nothing. Top of the seventh. There we go. Diamondbacks still lead the Rockies three to nothing. Two out with a runner on first. Uh, Granke is pitching and Story is batting. That's Trevor Story, who was last year's rookie sensation of the year. If those of you that recall that, I know I do. I know I have the. All right, let's try this now. Okay, I think we got something here. All right, and oh, I have to go down. I have to go down by the bottom. That's where it is. Sure, I hate when they do this. Scores and pictures. Okay, I think we're going to make some progress here. I apologize. Okay. Statistics, blogs. By the way, uh, episode 271 will feature Frank Bajer and Buck Gino filling in for Ed Smith, who is uh, mm-hmm. out due to private personal reasons. Oh. And the Galaxy still leads San Jose 1 nothing in the 65th uh, match. Okay, so I'm going to go now to some other headlines uh, here, if that's possible. That's the one button again. All right. There we go. All right. Now we're going down. We're going back in here. Oh, another uh, my overlooked here. Sources uh, say that JJ Reg agrees to a one-year, twenty-three million dollar contract with the Seventy Sixers. Oh dear. 
Good luck with that one, bub. So it's like, you know, rest, the next agent, Lawrence, um, Greg Lawrence, of uh, Wasserman Media Group, says Group and Sixers, President of Basketball Operations, Brian Colangelo, compiled talks on the deal uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon. League sources for ESPN. Reddick has been long been intrigued by signing with the Sixers, impressed with the franchise young talent, and enthusiastic about playing for Coach Brett Brown. Reddick recently relocated to the East Coast from Los Angeles, where he spent time with the past four seasons with the LA Clippers. Reddick could aim to parlay the one-year deal into a multi-year contract next summer. He had discussed a two-year deal with the Brooklyn Nets and a long-term deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves, but he upward mobility of the Sixers roster, including Joel Embiid and back-to-back Olympics, Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. And I believe Fultz is certain now, too, so I think Deja Vu is happening all over again. Oh, boy, Sixers can't catch a break. Anywho, um, this makes Reddick's ability to shoot the ball and mentor young players for an ideal mutual fit. Colangelo and Brown have been aggressively pursuing Riddick, appealing uh, him to a one-year deal at a significant salary over a long-term deal, lower annual deal elsewhere. Yeah, but you know what? The way the Sixers are, with every time they get a draft pick, uh, you know they just seem to like fall flat. I mean, look at Simmons last year; he was all the rage, and what happened? Injured in training camp. And ooh, well, we've all heard of beginner's luck, and for baseball, that doesn't really happen often. But it did today for a rookie by the name of Clint Frazier. I'll explain. The Yankees, um, much talked about prospect, Clint Frazier, made his major debut today, and in his first game, he gets his first career home run um, tonight against the Houston Astros. Came in the seventh inning, off of a leader, Tony Sipp came after he came after he doubled in his first major league hit on a five-run sixth inning. The right-hander starting on left field, right-handed, uh, right-handed hitter started in the right field in place of Aaron Judge, and bad ninth. He finished two for four, but the Yankees still came up short, seven to six. But still, in your first game, you get a double and a home run. You can't say that too many. You can't say that too many players. Now. He is the fourth youngest player in franchise history to homer in his major league debut, and the youngest to do so since so oh, 1969, one year before I was born. Thank you very much. Uh, he joined Mike Pallegro. He joined Mike Pallegro in July 7, 1984, as the only Yankees since World War II to debut with a pair of extra base hits. Frazier was the center of attention in spring training because of his long red hair. Oh, great. When he finally cut up the manager, Joe Girardi strongly suggested that he do so to avoid being a distraction with his new team. 
with Jiraiya's encouragement, Fraser will still try to be himself. Uh, Red hair. I guess his nickname was Bozo. Ah. Well, Aaron Judge has got company, and you're talking about making an early statement. Yeah. I mean, we have a we have a good young team. I mean, nobody thought that the Yankees were gonna were gonna do this well this season because with young players, you don't know. It's because it takes time for them to develop, and you know it may happen like you know it could happen early this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, you never, you never know. You can tell with a rookie. I mean, sure, he can do great, or he can be a bust. And you know, it's like uh, back to the matters for you, buddy. But the the Yankees have shown good, strong young talent in the last uh, season and a half. They got they got a very very good develop developmental system and a very good scouting department. Too. Yes, I mean, it's all started oh last year. Uh, I can wait. Yeah, unlike the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all started last year when we got Gary Sanchez as he replaced A-Rod. And, you know, we thought, well, A-Rod's gone, so I guess we can kiss our season goodbye. But uh, Sanchez made a statement uh, late last year. Came in August, so I – and, you know, we were arguing last year if he should have got Rookie of the Year. Well, you know what? As good as he was, I think it might have been too late to qualify. It made for a good argument, but still, I think that was the right decision not to put him in the running for Rookie of the Year. He might get it this year. It's it's possible. Or it could be Aaron Judge. So this is going to be very interesting in the voting department. Yeah, yeah. Never underestimate your departments. None of them. No, especially especially the Yankees, because if you do... They're going to come back and bite you. Right. That goes yeah, for goes... all of Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. But you see, New York has the toughest critics around. And, you know, most, most I think most people know that. But um, when everybody starts thinking, oh, the Yankees are off to a horrible start this season. Oh, they're going to be horrible. They're going to suck. Listen, buddy, when you start ditching the Yankees, yeah, most of the time you guys are going to pay for it because then – they start coming on strong, and they never let up once that happens. Five two so, an RBI triple, and then a reach on error, a, a, a two base reach on error, scoring Mathis. <laughs> yeah. So because I've yeah. seen him before, I, I've seen him before, and you know, I think they're ender. The Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a close race, though, between Boston um, and New York, I think, from here on out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like I thought. Yep. Yeah. I think I watch out, though, I think for uh, Tampa, because they can can sneak up on us, too. That's all I need. But um, Baltimore has really slacked off, though. Um, since May. I mean, they look like they were in the running, and then all of a sudden, since May, they have really, they have really spiked off, and they're and they're falling flat too. I mean, it was looking like a three race between Boston, 
Yankees in Baltimore, but that seems to have gone by the wayside. Yeah. So just a quick check to see if I missed anything. Hmm. I don't know if we have any. I'm still checking. I'm still checking the boxing, of course. Hacky and Horn. Oh, yeah. Six two Diamondbacks now. Hmm. Full coverage. Okay. David Peralta with an RBI double. No error this time. All right. So far, I haven't been able to get anything, but on our next. Our next edition, I'll have a full, I'll have a full update on, on how the how the fight went between Macchio and Horn. And by the way, that is being enforced down in Australia, where it is now about oh, I think uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, well, I work ten thirty to four, right? Uh, four I, o'clock I, the four o'clock their time. There's okay, yeah, uh huh, yeah. Yeah, I think we're I think we're 16 hours in back of them. Yeah. Ooh, I just found something here. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but just in case, I like to mention it. It involves uh, your Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear that. Yeah, as soon as my page can open it up, it's a little a little slow. Ah, here it is. The Red Wings sign defenseman. Trevor Daly to a nine point five million three year deal. Yep, that's what I talked about. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, and like I said, if, if you listen, I, I didn't agree with it because Trevor oh, right. Daly, even if he had a had arthroscopic arthroscopic surgery last February, the past this past February, the past February this year, uh, he still didn't per, he still didn't produce. Only five goals, fourteen assists. That's not. That's not. That's not very productive. Nineteen points, five goals, fourteen assists, fifty-six games. That's almost like I said. If you if you heard me, that's almost as many games in the NH in the NHL regular season, that's which is eighty-two. Only. Only 26 games missed by daily. That is sort of a bit of a lack lackluster. Yeah, it's not a blockbuster. No, it's lack, actually not lack a blockbuster luster. deal. It's just not another either. another lame signing and wasted with wasted money by Ken Holland, the worst general manager in all of sports. In today's world, even if he won for, even if if he won three Stanley Cups, the Red Wings won the '97 Cup without Ken Holland. And Frank Vanderbilt points it out himself too. Worst show manager, even even worse than the worst of all. Well, I guess so. But Phil Jackson's team president was also. Oh, I got another one. Joel Thornton uh, returns to the Sharks on a one-year contract report, and will be scheduled. Baron Saren declined, decides to stay with San Jose for at least six million. 
Only six million? Huh, too kind. Oh, but then again, he does turn 38 uh, today. Uh, has 50 points, seven goals, and 43 assists for the Sharks last season. His fewest in a full season since he had 41 with the Bruins. Yeah. Um, last year, he, he revealed in the postseason that he'd been playing with a torn ACL and MCL. Uh, if you've got that kind of a problem, should you even be playing at all? No. You can play by 20 CL. What are you, nuts? Yeah, you're out for the season at least. You should be. I've heard of playing with a pain, but that's, you know, that's taking it way too extreme. I'm sorry. If, if you're that injured, you gotta get you got to go in for rehabilitation and get better. Yeah, you got to be 100% most importantly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not playing it smart. That that's that's suicide. Yeah, that, uh, the career suicide that is. Yes. And Ron Hain, uh, Ron Hainsley signed a two-year, six million dollar contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The thirty-six-year-old defense defenseman helped the Penguins win the Stanley Cup last season. Ooh, you turncoat, you. <laughs> But I guess when you um, reach that point, I guess it's time to say, well, we got to break up this team so they don't get so easily to come back next year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that happens. Because everybody's like, oh, time to break up the Yankees, uh, you know, to prevent them from winning. Yeah, yeah they're just jealous anyway. All right, so when we next – ooh, top ninth is now – Okay, it's still 8-5, Twins over Royals. Uh, Angels still lead the Mariners 2 nothing in the top of the... Oh, wait, I got to... There we go. Now we got to update. Now we're updating and ready to start this again. we got to update this like every so often. Otherwise, we're all screwed. <laughs> all right. Bottom of the 7th now. Seattle is now leading... Nope. Angels are still leading Mariners 2 nothing. One out, runners on second and third. The Dodgers still lead the Padres four nothing. Nobody out, and the and there's runner on first. Strumman uh, is pitching, and Forsythe is back up at bat. Diamondbacks are now leading the Rockies six to two. One out, runners on first and second. Dunn is pitching, and Lamb is batting. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe everybody else is a final. And yes, they are. In game two, ah, just found this out. Wins beat the Royals 10 to 5. Uh, George got the win, and Hamill got the loss. That just went final. And speaking of final, that is my final words for this evening, so I'll turn it back over to you. All right, let me say one last thing while I uh, get back on the MLB standings in the AL Central here. The Red Wings are still not going to make the playoffs as of right now. Gonna miss, they're still going to miss uh, an entire... Uh, they're, they're still going to miss the playoffs for a second straight season. And here's why. The Red Wings signed yet another bad player to a, to a three-year, $9.5 million contract. 
Trevor Daly. And they didn't they didn't even give the younger guys a shot. That's Ken Holland. Ken Holland signs signs another veteran contract, which is not not which is not quite over the hill. Thirty he's thirty three years old, but yeah, yeah. It, He's not very productive. Signs another contract with another player, even if he was a defenseman, that is that is not productive. We don't even know how defensively good he can be. And stop with this. He's sound defensively and can move the puck. That, Greg Krupa, you can second deck on that one. It's not... That's definitely not nearly good enough, and Greg Krupa should retire, period. That is one of the laziest takes I've ever seen. That is one of the laziest takes I've ever seen in an article. Since when did Greg Krupa ever become a scout? When he acts like a fanboy, like a stupid fanboy. Moving the puck isn't much. Isn't much analysis. And it doesn't do a hockey player that much good either. And when you say he's sound defensively and nothing more, then you just can't prove anything. Therefore, we disagree with you. I disagree with it, with a lot of things that Greg Krupa said, including that statement right there, and its entirety. Yet, I don't even know what the hell he could bring to the table this upcoming NHL regular season 2017-2018 at the new Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. Down the road from Comerica Park and Ford Field, but Anyway, you can't you can't just say he's good. He's that good. Uh, and all this uh, old buddies thing with uh, Danny DeKaiser, it might not mean much. And it possibly won't either. With that being said, I think the Pistons have found a replacement for KCP. That's Langston Galloway. Three-year, $21 million contract. Last year with the Sacramento Kings, only 19 games, but played, but shot 47.5% from the, from the, from the long line. The three-point arc from behind the three-point arc. The long line George Blaha is in here. But he can he can get in front of uh, 
ball handlers that and and play good defensively. And stop and and, and Scott Kolasek analyzed it. Wait, analyzed wait, analyzed. Scott Kozalek. I mean, Scott Kolasek actually. Scott Kolasek analyzed Langston Galloway way better than Greg Krupa analyzed Trevor Daly. That's that's the power of Bleacher Report, and that's the patheticness of the Detroit News. I have to report Greg Krupa's article to, to the Detroit Sports Rack Group right fucking now. And now to the AL Central standings. Since the Twins and since the Twins and Royals doubleheader got over with, Twins beating the Royals ten to five. Both teams split the doubleheader. The Twins jump back on top by a game over the Kansas City Royals. Twins are 41-39, the two games back. The Royals, three back at 40-40 and 40 at, at exactly 500. And, you, and I already explained the Tiger. I already pointed out where the Tigers are, 36-44, seven back of the Tribe. Hope they fall eight back after tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully Brad Osmus uses Daniel Stump one more time just to blow another game, just to see how undeveloped Stump is, and most of all, how bad of a manager Brad Osmus is in terms of making in-game decisions with the bullpen and with the starting lineup as well. So with that said, Lewis, want to make sure you covered everything before we signed off. You know, actually, I did find the MLS standings. I had to go. I had to go where it said MLS uh, standings. It wasn't listed on the regular page, so I got it right okay. now. All right. So Chicago leads the East with eleven three and four. Toronto is ten three and five in second. NYFC is ten five and three. Orlando is. Eight six and five. Atlanta is eight seven and three. Columbus is eight ten and one. My Red Bulls are seven eight and two. That's disgusting. Montreal is five five and six. New England is five seven and five. Philadelphia is five seven and four. And DC is five ten three. Once a powerhouse in the league, not anymore. In the West, Kansas City is. Eight four and seven. Dallas is seven three and seven. Portland is seven seven and five. Houston is seven seven and four. San Jose is six six and five, pending outcome of the game. The Galaxy is six six and 
four. Vancouver is six, seven, and three. Seattle is five, seven, and six. Colorado is six, ten, and one. Minnesota is five, ten, and three. Salt Lake is five, twelve, and two. And that's it. And okay, now my reports are finished for the evening. That's all, folks. All right. And with that, on that note, that's episode 288 of the Michigan Sports Truth Post Game Edition on Talk Shoe. Mm-hmm. We will pro- probably not have a post game. Probably not have a post game um, tomorrow night because we're on Spreaker. Frank and Buck are going to join me on, on Spreaker Sunday night at 8. Next post game is possibly Tuesday at either 10.30 or 11. depending how early or late the game ends or on time, whichever. Maybe even 11.30. But Tigers' next series is against, is against the San Francisco Giants at Comerica Park as interleague play transpires with episode 289 at the helm, at the, at the forthcoming helm. Until then, for Lewis Tenor, I'm Taylor Phillips. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Like the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page and join its Facebook group. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Bon appetit. Good night, everybody.